Vivi is running this ad in France and Germany to the people 18 and 55, both genders. Uh, they have reached 1,978 people so far, and they're having the most success with uh, people from France. So the top three audience, the, they're most successful with people from France who are male from the age of 45 to 54. No and way. They, yeah, and they have reached uh, 761 people so far within that age range of 45, 54 male. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the VV Vantage podcast. This is the episode you do not want to miss because we discover so many interesting insights that have not been talked about anywhere else. We found all nine of the Facebook and Instagram ads that VV's been running. We know who they are targeting. We know how the ads are performing. And we also know the text, the media, and the metrics, uh, like how many people they have reached uh, in certain countries, all about these ads. And it's very, very interesting. Do you know that the white Lamborghini Murcielago edition 765 is minted before edition 52? That's pretty wild. So the edition number does not correspond to the order in which they are minted. Yes, we'll be talking about the difference between edition number and mint number and how you might be able to own the first ever minted NFT in some of these collections. Last but not least, on September 20th, David is speaking at a conference organized by Australia's largest VC fund who also invested in VV in 2021. They had $2 billion exits. Those are the three reasons why you do not want to miss this episode. Let's get to it now. So to follow up from our last discussion, we were talking about VV Analytics uh, at length. And not long after that, I reached out to a couple of different people trying to buy certain mints using, uh, you know, coincidentally using the information I found from VV Analytics uh, website. And one of the people I reached out to was... Dr. Also, side note, the yeah. site just went live again today. Did you see that? I did. I did. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Got it. So, uh, with, so on, on that, on that mm -hmm. note, the, there's one, one significant change, and it's that the usernames are no longer right. owned, and now it's just the wallet addresses. Uh, so I... I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not. I'm not really happy about that because it makes it a lot more tricky to find the people. So, more on but that. They have way. to do it, but they have to do it in order yeah. to keep operating. Yeah, yeah. So, in that same vein, uh, I had reached out to Doctor Profit because I wanted to buy a collectible or two off of him. You know, I was just, like I, I haven't really spoken to the guy all that much. I think I reached out to him in April, trying to set up an interview on here. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But then after that, I, I haven't spoken to him since. But anyways, he maybe politely declined <laughs> my asking him for the collectible or collectibles. But then he followed up maybe a day later and he said mm -hmm. that he listened to the podcast. And he, All right. he just wanted to touch on our concern with the emails possibly being compromised. It turns out that Vivi had contacted the owner of the website and he, the person was, you know, identified and they confirmed that no, no personal information like emails were compromised during that whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're okay. Nobody's information is compromised. 
we're we're all good. So I just did want to clear the air on that, and thank you to to Doctor Prophet for following up and and clear and and speaking on that. That's what I thought too, but uh, you know because sometimes VV would allow certain information to get passed through people who have access to the API, but usually it's like information related to the collectible and comics instead of the the users. But it's 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 good to have that second confirmation that you know no email or personal information was compromised. Yeah, that's that's a lot of peace of mind for mm-hmm. for all all of us at this point. And and, and anyhow, so circling back to VV Analytics and the website. So after the owner having a discussion with the VV team, it looks like they're up and running. There's some changes, including information on the comic books. Have you been able to take a look at it? For the comic books, I think you have to create an account, right? I have not created my own account on the site, so I don't know. Yeah, so I I went ahead and did that, just that. Um, I used, again, it's good practice (laughs) to use a separate email from what the one that you use on the VV app. And it shows, you know, much of the same things. The, the only diff, the only thing that really stands out is that there's no usernames visible anymore. So if you are able to identify certain wallets, like for myself, what I would do is I would bookmark the different wallets that I've identified over the past mm. several months, particularly ones that I know. It, it's just so that like I know whether or not to pursue certain collectibles anymore. Um, also, I... I coupled that with using some apps and websites to identify owners of certain collectibles using token ID numbers and things like that. So it just makes life a little bit more manageable uh, as, as, as a particular mint collector. Uh, speaking of mints, uh, there's this one person who's pretty well known, I think. Um, their name is... Sorry, I, I don't. I, I want to make sure I get this yeah. right for everyone listening. So the the Twitter, oh, excuse me, former Twitter now X <laughs> is at Still Naked Whale. S T I L L N A K E D W H A L E. Still Naked Whale. He's been he, around for quite some time, right? Yeah. Uh, I I've listened to him speak in spaces oh, okay. a couple of times. Some very some very handy information on his posts and his comments. And today he spoke on mint numbers. And one of the things that he pointed out is that there's a difference between mint numbers and edition numbers. And he states on his post from today that edition numbers are the random numbers ran, again random numbers that VV assigns a collectible and uh, it's usually not the same as what we know or understood to be a mint number um, anything that's been minted on GoChain or Mutable X those token ID numbers if I'm not mistaken again I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase here Right. For everyone listening, uh, those token ID numbers display what the what the mint numbers actually are. Now, at, and on another note, 
when they migrated from GoChain to Immutable X, the I want to say they started using ZK rollups. And what happens is they they mint collectibles and comics in batches. So you might have like 10 collectibles or comics minted at the same time. But then if you if you deep dive, you could see like at what millisecond each collectible or okay. comic was minted on on Immutable X. Right? Because nothing is ever exactly the same time. There's always that millisecond difference. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are some people in the community that have taken the liberty of finding out what those collectibles that were minted in particular batches were and using that to find and purchase those collectibles or hunt them down in a market and buy them just in case they in the future that like let's say the edition numbers aren't as big of a deal and people move on to mint numbers wait so uh i am still a little bit confused okay so you you may have to explain to me again so i'm looking at his tweet and what he's saying is mint number is based on the order in which vv nfts are minted on imx addition number is a random number vv assign and usually are not the same as mint number tell me the difference between mint number and addition number okay mint numbers we used so we 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 mixed it up so mint numbers are not the numbers that we see on the marketplace next to the collectibles oh really right so it, those are actually called addition numbers oh okay yeah and so those are addition numbers mint numbers are the token id the the token id numbers that are assigned to them that are produced sequentially as they're minted those mm -hmm. are the numbers right and and that's on immutable x right so that's for example let's just say there are 2000 hulks and i can have hulk edition number 1000 mm -hmm. and you can have hulk edition number 1800 but there is a chance that your edition 1800 could have been minted before mine got minted basically correct and correct. that's determined by the mint number the edition number is what we see on the market or in our profile and the mint number is what's determined by the millisecond difference between how certain collectibles are minted uh and that's going to be in the blockchain data in imx right and mm -hmm. also there are like again like the the collectibles are because they're they're minted randomly and mm -hmm. it's, it's part of the zk roll-up that that's um used to used as they're um minted on the blockchain it, it what's funny is like the the 1800 edition number collectible that i have of the hulk could have been the first ever yeah it, it could have been the very first one wow <laughs> that's very that's very interesting yeah and like what's crazy is like edition number 42 could have been part of the the last batch of 10 that were minted as well so like 
for right now, all of us are using edition numbers to mm-hmm. to try to try and create value. And VB, and, and again, th- these are I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase what um, uh, Still Naked Will was mentioning on that thread that he right. posted earlier today. Um, today being September 14th, VV assigned these edition numbers to help us distinguish, uh, you know, one collectible from the other. I guess they just pretty much created another layer for us to find value, to be able to mess around. It just makes it a lot easier, right? Easier in the sense of like us being able to identify different Mm -hmm. collectibles without having to deep dive with the token ID numbers and finding out information about these things on immutable X. Right. But then can you see the mint number on IMX? You, you can, you can find the, the token ID number. Oh, okay. And, and at some point there was, and again, this is kind of like me thinking back to when I was actually deep diving into this sort of thing. Um, I, I have yet to circle back to it. But I, I, w- I was able to find out the batches that were created for each collectible and comic post GoChain, right? Because mm. all the information from, from GoChain yeah. as it was migrating. And actually today, a lot of that information is still being migrated because not, not, not everything is reflected on, yeah. on Immutable X quite yet. Because much like, <clears throat> let, let's say um, Todd was the first collectible that was up for sale in the store for me, right? Mm-hmm. There may be some Todds that have information that has yet to migrate to Immutable X. Because they have a, a couple million NFTs, I think, to migrate, maybe in like the lower millions. Yeah, the, the, num- the exact amount is, is a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in, in either case, uh, a lot of that information is still being transferred over i don't know what the holdup is maybe it's uh, immutable the the immutable x team still trying to scale their company to be able to to address it maybe there's their time is being split who knows but but yeah man that's so basically there are some people who would want to get the first hulk minted based on imx data right so that's that's like your your point of there's this maybe like pretty small group who are going for quote unquote the the first ever or like the forty one the first public mint, like the the addition number could have been like super high or like kind of random, but on the blockchain perspective, it is the first one, right? Here's the here's the thing too to add to what you're saying, the first actual collectible that was minted may be available to the public, right? So like the the number one edition mm-hmm. collectible may not have been part of the first batch yeah, yeah, of yeah. those collectibles minted. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, so that is up for grabs. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, what's great. Um, I think I was looking at uh, Darth Vader, the FA Darth Vader mm-hmm. collectibles. There and... are three edition. Oh, sorry. There's, there are three rarities, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And I saw the first batch of the Darth Vaders and among other collectibles. And I was speaking with another special, like another uh, collector in the community. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's funny because like you try and like talk about certain topics with other people 
to get a feeler out to, to get a feeler for how much they actually know. And when you start to realize and you're starting to talk back and forth with these people, you realize, oh, I know that they know and they know that I know. And so we're trying to test mm-hmm. like test the waters and see who knows like what's really going on. And eventually things start to unravel. And then you just kind of like, uh, you know, um, deep, then you can start deep diving and, and then you kind of, it's a, it's a tip of the hat to tip of the cap to those people who have been doing their research. Right. Um, so we should find some examples and write a thread about this. But before we do that, we should go hunt for ourselves. We should go <laughs> find those. Okay, so a few days ago, uh, both of us talked about, and some of the folks who talked about the fact that if you have to explain your mint number in maybe two or more sentences, then they're not that desirable, right? So for example, like I can say the addition number of my Hulk is this year that this author, I don't know, like wrote this new comic book. So it's not the FA year. It's not like the birth year of the author. It's a random year that you have to kind of like figure out a story to make it significant. But going back to your example, if I were to say, oh, I have the first ever Hulk minted on IMX and my Hulk has the earliest timestamp compared to every other Hulk minted in that collection, then that's pretty cool. That's legit. That I That's mean, legit, yeah. No you matter you, you cannot at. argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I kind of feel the same way about like what you were discussing, like you had just mentioned about having to explain why an addition number is significant. Mm-hmm. Trying to put together... I don't know, certain dates and things, including months, it gets really messy. But in that same vein, and in all fairness to the people who collect mm-hmm. in in that sort of fashion, as the FA years get swept up by collectors who don't want to let those go, what's left? It's just that, like, we may not be able to appreciate the addition numbers that people collect because they may not have the platform to embrace to or or to explain at at length the significance mm-hmm. of the of those years now this is where it kind of gets messy with the addition numbers on vivi not all of the collectibles and comics allow well this is for the collectibles actually i think all the comics there's enough there's enough editions minted to 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 reach the first appearance years. So with the collectibles. Hey guys, just a quick message. Every week I miss a V work over 20 hours to bring you the most non-BS VV content. English is my second language and there were nights we recorded until 1 a.m. My brain stopped processing and I naturally spoke Vietnamese to him and it got pretty weird. But that's just how dedicated we are to this podcast. In return, we ask you to enter a gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. for you, but we ask you to subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and tweet at us to tell us what you think because those comments will ultimately help us to refine the content just for you. That's it. That's all you need to do. Let's get back to it. Not all of the first appearance collect, uh, of the collectible, uh, first appearances for the collectibles hit that first appearance year, right? So what do we go off of then? 
Now, normally, when we refer back to a year, we may abbreviate it like 76, 85, uh, 95, things like that, right? We may refer back to those years like that. We won't say, we, but and we wouldn't use the nine, like uh, 976. Do you remember in 976 this, <laughs> or n- n- 992? Yeah, yeah. So that's really awkward. So I've seen people try and create value by saying, okay, well, I'm not, they, they didn't buy the, the last two digits of the first appearance year. So let's use, all right. Let's use Storm from X-Men. 1975 was the first appearance year um, in, in comics. And the secret rare Storm collectible only goes up to like 1500 editions, I think. Something yep. like that. So you're not going to get that full, full year edition. Right. So you have two, two ways of looking at it. You could have sep- mint number 75. Mm-hmm know the owner of that collectible and i i was kind of interested in that so this is why i'm bringing it up so you could have 75 or you could have mint number 975 975 975 looks and sounds awkward Mm -hmm. so in actuality your best bet would to would be to have the last two digits of that year in in this using the sense using the the rationale Mm-hmm. Divided in that context. So if mint number 75 is not available, what's your best next best bet? Probably 975. Or you could stretch it out a little bit further and you use mint number 750. Mm-hmm. But then it looks and sounds awkward. Yes, exactly. So like if you try to make something that is close to the thing, the thing, then you kind of like stretching it a little bit there, right? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where some people may have more of an internal struggle to mm-hmm. that. Whereas there are other collectors who are very open-minded and can see value in that. Now our community is relatively small today. And if we were to project into the future, assuming that, all the pieces fall into place and we're able to um, have great market growth um, in, in this in this community of Vivi and the digital collectibles that they provide and comics. We could project in the future that a lot of people will be looking to find those FA years hidden or jumbled within the mint numbers. Uh, excuse me, the edition numbers. Mm-hmm. So what's the next best choice if you can't have the the fa year probably those other variants that we that we've been discussing um in the past like few minutes here so i don't think that it's it's all that bad it's just some of us may have that internal struggle to embrace those interpretations of those edition numbers and accept and that's what vb is doing by mixing it up that's why they're getting from IPs, right? Because they, I mean, you have stamp collectors, you've got Marvel, you've got DC, you've got MGM, and then like whatever those like sub uh, sub IPs that you have under that under that um, company or ownership. 
and it just goes on and on. And um, yeah, for me, my, at, at least for myself, like I know that what I pursue as uh, as a collector, I don't have to worry about FA years because I, I already know that I'm priced out. I cannot, yeah. cannot afford those. Um, I know who I'm up against and what I'm up against and my limitations. So I had to get creative with what I decided to go for. And, you know, that's what all of us are trying to do, right? My my favorite nice mint that is also really cool uh, is the characters that came out in 1941. Is that so, right? Um, Wonder Woman came out in 1941. So, 41, so you have the combination of F.A. Year and First Public Mint. So Captain America and Wonder Woman both came out in 1941. I think, um, I think Saxon Sawai has number 41 Captain America. I think, which is really cool because you having the first public mint and the FA year. I think he also has the Wonder Woman 41 as well. Or maybe it was Mr. 41. Mr. 41 has mint uh, edition number 41. Oh, okay, okay. Of Wonder Woman, FA Wonder Woman. And then when and then when we were interviewing him, we talked about how he also has, I think, Dumbo. That's right. I, and, I, pointed, out to, I pointed it out. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. That 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 is just really cool that you have the FA year and also the first public mint. Anything nineteen forty one has that cool factor for me because of VV making the. Uh, because it has it has both the f- first public mint and the FAE as well. Yeah, that is yeah. very that is very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about uh, two things. Um, I want to talk about the Facebook ads that VV has been running. Do you want to guess how many ads they have running in their ad l- library? Man, I I deleted Facebook as soon as I. I think it was um oh my gosh. As a soon long as time I, ago. Yeah, in two thousand seventeen when I started my master's, my my second college degree. Yeah, so I have no idea what it looks like. I like okay. explain explain. So at the moment, when I look at the ad library for Vivi, and this is the meta ad library because these ads they have set it to show up on multiple platforms. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, I think WhatsApp as well because it is a part of the Meta product family, and also yeah. Messenger, which is their kind of like iMessage app. And at the moment, they have nine ads in their library, and not all of them are active, and they are divided into three categories. The first one is about promoting a Star Wars drop that was not sold out. There was this one drop, Star Wars, back in May this year of Jabba the Hutt, the Rancor, and Admiral Akbar. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, this is way back in uh, in May. This was not sold out. And so for this particular ad, they promoted the AR feature. So like basically they have a video of, of you know, you project these, Star Wars NFTs, and you can see them in like AR mode. Okay. The second ad category that they have is for the 
the Star Wars vehicles that is coming out this weekend. So the ATST and Darth Vader uh, shuttle. And within this category, the ads are divided into two subcategories. The purpose of the first subcategory is to just promote the drops. Like they were saying, um, the ATST was used by the Imperial forces uh, in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. This limited edition drops on Sunday, September 17th, uh, 8 p.m. PT. The second subcategory is actually a giveaway. So if you clicked on the link, um, you can fill out some information. Or they ask uh, your name, your email address, and your favorite Star Wars movie. I don't watch Star Wars, um, so I don't know all, all the movies, but basically... Um, this is a way that new users can come in and get this gi- giveaway. Um, and the third ad category, uh, and this is not active anymore, but this was, they ran it in August, uh, was for the Jurassic Park drop back in August. And I was able to find some pretty cool data points uh, for the ads simply because if uh, because VV ran certain ads in Europe, and if you run advertisement through Facebook or other platform as well in Europe, you have to disclose some information. So they started running these ads uh, since yesterday, so September 13. Some of them started today, September 14. Uh, so the one that I'm looking at uh, for the ATST and Darth Vader's for the European Union, VV is running this ad in France and Germany. And they're targeting people in the age of 18 to 55. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Both gender. <clears throat> and this ad that started running today have reached 1,978 people. Between those few countries? In... Be- between the, between these two countries in the European Union. Okay. So they didn't have any information for the US or UK or Australia or any Asian country simply because only the European Union require Facebook to disclose the information on the ads that these companies are running. So if Vivi is running an ad like this one on Facebook, Facebook is required by the European Union to disclose the demographic that VV is targeting, which is pretty cool. And as and on a side note, um, so maybe yesterday, Apple just came out with the new iPhone, and the new iPhone will not use the Lightning port anymore. So this is the Lightning port for iPhone. Unless you you see that right, but instead they are all switching to USB C, and they do that because the European Union required them to do it. So if the new iPhones keep using Apple's Lightning uh, cable, these these new iPhones will not be able to sell in the EU. So that's why they had to switch their whole product lineup to USB-C. But anyways, going back to the point, Vivi is running this ad in France and Germany to the people 18 and 55, both genders. Uh, they have reached 1,978 people so far. And they're having the most success with uh, P- 
people from France. So the top three audience, the, they're most successful with people from France who are male from the age of 45 to 54. No and way. They, yeah. And they have reached uh, 761 people so far within that age range of 45, 54 male. And then the next group is 35 to 44 male. They have reached 460 people. And then 25 to 34, also in France, um, around 300 people. And then Germany, the best group is also like that 45 to 54. With the engagement that they're that they're measuring, is that just with clicks just to access the surveys? I don't understand all the logic behind these ads, but it feels to me that Facebook thinks that this, this ad will resonate the most with this audience. So what Facebook would do is that, okay, Vivi would tell them, hey, show this ad to people in France and Germany within this age range. Then Facebook would show this ad to a small sample within different age range. Mm -hmm. And then they would see the response rate. So okay. maybe, you know, the, the folks in France who are 45 to 54, they have the highest click rate or they look at these ads for the longest period of time. Then Facebook, we know, okay, this uh, demographic responded best to this particular ad. Let's show this ad to more people who are 54 to, uh, sorry, 45 to 54 male and live in France. And that's why we have this reporting that this particular demographic um, VV is having the most uh, success with. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like if you're going to have access to resources, you're probably going to be closer to, I mean, like a little bit older, right? Yeah. yeah. Experience more income and these people may have more liquidity to more resources to put into fun things like collecting. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, like, like the Star Wars demographic, maybe a little bit older too. I don't know. Like, like that's why we didn't see anybody from the 18 to 25, for example, and maybe they are predominantly male. Yeah. So my takeaway from this would be maybe VV should refine their targeting a little bit to just focusing on people who are 25 to 54 and male, simply because if they have uh, if they have their targeting too broad, like if they're targeting so many people, well, then they're kind of wasting money. You want your ad to be like pretty targeted, right? Yeah, the more metrics you add to it, the more expensive it gets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that was my first thought of looking at this. Um, I also thought that there are other NFTs that they can use that will resonate with a wider audience. For example, I know they use the uh, the Star Wars drop back in May simply because um, those drops didn't sell out. But at the same time, you know, there are certain drops like the the new Lambo Mustelago drop that was not sold out. Uh, the Tinkerbell that didn't sell out either. Uh, Cookie Monster. A lot of those NFTs are still in store. They could have used those um nfts for these advertising and i bet you they would have a lot more success 
simply because, you know, Lamborghini and Cookie Monster and Tinkerbell are also very well-known IPs as well. So it gives them more varieties and get them to reach a wider audience. The second topic I want to talk about is on September 20th, David will present at this um, event called Sunrise by Blackbird. So this is a a VC kind of like get-together organized by Blackbird. And to those who who don't know much about this VC firm, they are the largest uh, venture capital firm uh, in both Australia and New Zealand. And they started investing in Vivi in 2021. So now we know that Vivi is backed by Australia's largest VC fund. Um, and, you know, some people have mentioned, oh, Vivi is a scam. Well, they are backed by uh, Blackbird. They also work with Disney, DC, USPS, so on and so forth. Uh, but Blackbird invested in Vivi back in 2021. And in 2022, they raised $640 million to become Australia's largest VC fund. Um, and they have offices in both Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and to, to clarify it, the $640 million, that was the money that Blackbird raised to invest in different companies. The amount of capital that they invested in VV in 2021 was not disclosed. So they have quite a bit of companies in their portfolio. And two of them stood out because two of them turned into multi-billion dollar companies um, that became very popular. The first one is Canva. So Canva, I think, is based in Australia. Uh, So it's like a very easy to use online graphic design tool. So in the past, people used Photoshop uh, to design photos, you know, and make graphics and stuff. Uh, But today, Canva makes it so easy. Like I use Canva for pretty much every single graphic that I've created uh, for the podcast and for my YouTube channel. It's very easy to use. And so many people in the VV community, like all the content creators, I can look at their photos and I know that they have used Canva to to make their YouTube thumb uh, to make their YouTube thumbnails and all this, these kind of things. So it's a very successful company. Uh, it is like it is value at around twenty six billion dollars, uh, with over a hundred million users across ninety countries, uh, and it is one of Australia's most successful tech companies ever. So this is their first win, uh, because they invested in Canva. Blackbird invested in Canva in 2013 when the company was first founded. So they made a lot of money from Canva. Um, So after investing in Canva, Blackbird also invested in other companies. And the second uh, success case uh, is Zeus, Z-O-O-X. Zeus is an autonomous vehicle that provides mobility as a service, a.k.a autonomous driving buses and taxis and i'll have a photo of what a zeus vehicle looks like but essentially it doesn't have a driver it doesn't have a driver seat so you only have four seats in this vehicle and uh and it's like each row has two seats and they're facing each other so it's like this you know mini bus or mini taxi that will take you around and it's autonomous um and 
Zeus became a success because it was acquired by Amazon in 2020 for over a little bit over 1.2 billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. So this is a very successful VC firms. Um, and so hopefully they can provide VV with, you know, a lot of backing, not in terms of money, but also like the expertise and those kind of things as well. Um, so, you know, it's it just that extra story I want to mention, um, you know, something that David is presenting in New Zealand this upcoming week. Is there a theme for the conference? Um I would say like this is most likely just the just for the startups that were invested by um Blackbird and it's more like a networking event kind of and for them to for the founders to come up and talk about their companies uh it is supported by Amazon Web Services, Stripe and Microsoft. So I I know this is like a a pretty big event. So if you want to, if you're in the startup like uh, spheres and you want to network or you want to pitch to these companies, then you would go to these conferences. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So there's, do you know if it's going to be streamed online or if it's a private event and we would just kind of have to go off like word of mouth on what? I think this is more of like a private event because you have to buy a ticket um, and so I guess we'll probably have to wait until it's over uh, and then watch like whatever videos that they post on social. Okay. So looks like we'll need to do some community outreach and see if anyone's in the, in the neighborhood. And- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So they basically have the founders of all of these companies that Blackbird invested in um, just come and talk. So, you know, just another event that, uh, will highlight the things that Vivi do. Um, and I wanted to bring up this story again, just to let people know that Vivi has a pretty solid backing in a, in addition to like the pretty awesome partners that they work with. Great news. Great yeah. news. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the episode today. And if you have, remember that gentleman agreement, we will continue working until 1 a.m. just for you. But in return, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on the actionable and valuable insights, everything VV and Omi related. Don't forget to give us a rating and tweet at us to let us know what you think about the podcast so that we can refine the content better just for you. Thank you so much. We hope to see you again next time. Peace.